the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. A beautiful day. I mean, it's almost like it's fall, okay? Uh, So let's start thinking positively. So enjoy the little things in life. Because one day, you'll look back and you'll realize they were the big things. If you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal. Not to people or things you want. Mr. Einstein knows a little bit about that. You only live once. But if you work it right, once is enough. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, uh, listen, if, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee or, or you'd like to talk about your portfolio, remember, we're always constantly talking about our wealth plan. And if you want, as a prospective client or just a prospect, uh, you'd like to do a wealth plan, we can set that up for you. Okay. Uh, I would suggest that you add your expenses because I've had two people, I, I don't think they got the full the full meaning of the wealth plan because they didn't put their expenses in, which is a problem sometimes. But uh, uh, we've done six of them and four people are very pleased with what they see. And they were uh, (laughs) one guy I talked to him last Thursday and he, and uh, I've been having some computer problems, uh, which I seem to have fixed today after having to run down to the office Friday. But uh, we talked Thursday and uh, he was doing what ifs on the playground part. So what what happens if the world ends? You know, what happens if we have a bull market and he really liked what he saw? Okay. Now, I had to remind him that on this show, I said cash would outperform the stock market back in the end of 2007, and it did. <laughs> so we do, we do. Uh, you know, I had a couple of people open accounts for me. I didn't invest for them. I didn't charge them anything. I didn't invest for them. Okay. It's that simple. So, uh if you'd like that, if you'd like to go and look at a wealth plan or you want some of the research you hear on this show, the dividend growth portfolio, I tell you, the small caps are really picking up. I, I did my charts this morning and about 70% of the stocks that were on that, on my chart, you know, I, I have a, a legal pad that I write all this stuff on. I should put it on the computer, but I'm too old to, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh the point is they were small caps and we have a small cap list and also our prime income list. That's for you who are retired, who want income now. Remember, dividends are still taxed at 15%. I thought they were going to hit that uh, on this uh, last, uh, um, uh, you know, what, what do we call it? The Inflation Act or whatever. But there we go. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I was listening to Lori Calvacina this week and she said, you know, uh, she was talking about um the recession talk that's out there among the S&P 500 companies, uh, it's back to pandemic highs, which I think is interesting. And, uh, you know, one of the things she noticed that, you know, the, the, the recession commentary peaked in, uh, in February of 2016, and that was the bottom of the industrial earnings, and, and we market moved on. And in May of 2020, shortly after the stock market bottomed, and, and you remember in March 23rd, we said, hey, you got to start investing. On this show, we said it. Okay, It was March 25th, actually. We said, you got to start investing on this show. Okay, so if you were listening, it was a pretty good thing. Uh, but that's when the market bottomed. Well, we hit a pandemic peak. So, uh, you know, we're, we're off the bottom. And I'm going to, there's some good technical things happening. So um, now I, I had some questions from uh, quite a few listeners. You can call me, by the way. I do answer the phone. Uh, and they, they wanted my thoughts on the stock buyback tax. And since I'm not a genius on taxation, I thought I'd, uh, I'd re- refer to our, our strategist, Lori, and, and she, she 
has enough <laughs> people that she can talk to that I'm sure this is the right answer. But she said, uh, you know, they, the, we focused on the Fed and whether the U.S. will enter a recession. And we got excited. Uh, she got excited Friday morning when she was asked about our thoughts on the implications of 1% stock buyback taxes, now part of the Inflation Reduction Act. What a ridiculous name. Uh, our response, uh, and we'll know more after companies start discussing it on earnings calls and then conferences, but for now, just a, you know, a couple thoughts. Based on the discussions with our industry analysts recently and, and in um, the past, we don't think this legislation will have a major impact on companies' buyback plans. Uh, one analyst told us his, his companies are motivated to buy back uh, shares given how cheap they believe their stock price are, and that is likely to impact, you know, they won't impact their, their planning. Uh, so another told us that, um, uh, you know, uh, if their companies might accelerate buyback activity in, in the next six months, so, uh, you know, that, that would be interesting too. So, um I think, uh, you know, if you look at the high-frequency indicators, sentiments show signs of healing. Uh, political polls are starting to shift, which I don't know if that's good or bad, uh, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people are betting that the market, uh, the markets are betting right now that they're expecting the Democrats to retain control of the Senate. Uh, many investors have expected Republicans to take control of the House and the Senate. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that, that, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, we'll see it from there. But, you know, one of the things um, I, I really like the CPI report, and obviously this is not an all clear report or anything like that, but the fact that it was zero, we had a zero increase. Uh, now, we're still up 8.5%, but we had a zero increase meaning we could see core uh, accelerate a little bit, um, you know, but we, we it, it also, we're seeing signs around, like apparel is a great example. Uh, you know, apparel was only down 0.1%, and we were expecting it to be more like 1%, okay? So I think, uh, you know, you're, you're starting to see some things that, you know, you'd like, but you'd like to see them accelerate is what I guess I'm saying in so many words. Okay. So, uh, there we go. Now, look, you know, I said last week, you know, China is doing joint, uh, military exercises with Thailand now. All right. And that's not the type of stuff we need, you know, based the fact that we've had everything thrown at us, including the kitchen sink and the market's held up fairly well, even with the sell-off, uh, you know, you've had Ukraine, you know, you have, you know, Taiwan, uh, you have a president that has the worst rating of all time. Uh, you know, you, you've got the Fed Reserve raising rates like, uh, <laughs> you know, they're uh, in the wild, wild west. Uh, you know, so a lot of stuff has happened and the market has shook off a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, we, we were down 25% in June and we're only down 13% now. So we've made up a lot of ground, okay? Um, and I think that's important, all right? So, you know, we looked at the, um, uh, you know, I, I said this last week, and I'll just I'll go over it again, because, you know, the yield curve has gone into a recessionary mode. And, and by the way, I'm going to talk about municipal bonds. Uh, and, and also, the conference board, the leading economic in indicators have gone neutral. And that was before... They raised the interest rates another three quarters of a point. You got to remember, three quarters of a point, three quarters of a point, back to back, month to month, has never happened before. Uh, well, that we know of anyway, and since Paul Volcker, okay, and Paul Volcker took the economy to just a halt, <laughs> and then slowly but surely started to heal things. Uh, and then finally, you know, the new orders minus inventories is definitely in a recessionary mode. All right. So we're starting to see some cracks in the, in the foundation. And, uh, you know, if they raise rates another half a point, uh, we could see a lot more cracks coming through. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But the Democrats continue to spend. All right. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the, I can't believe they just hired that many IRS uh, things. So I, uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen if you've been audited before, you know, count on it again. All right. So, uh, 
It, but look, you know, uh, Bob Dickey stood up in front of uh, 40 or 50 of you people out there uh, who are maybe listening, maybe not listening. And he talked about, you know, all these people asked about all these economic uh, things that are happening and how that affects the market, you know, how the politics affect the market. And he stood up there and said, there's one thing that affects the market, or actually two, interest rates and earnings. And as earnings go, so goes the market. So, you know, what we've seen is off a fresh market bounce here, uh, it's been sparked by better than feared quarter, second quarter earnings, right? And given the real economic headwinds, consensus consensus S&P 500 forecast seems a little bit too rosy for us, but they assume steady increases reaching to 245 a share. That ain't bad. You know, that puts us at 17 times earnings, which is expensive. It's not like 10 times earnings. Uh, but we're still at, you know, interest rates still are just below the all-time lows. Okay. So, I mean, just above, I'm sorry. Uh, the good news is we don't think institutional investors' uh, expectations are very lofty at this point. I, at least I don't. And the healthy skepticism that leads us to believe that at least some degree of earnings pessimism pessimism has been factored into the market. And I forgot, I'm supposed to say this is the live show. And uh, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945 if you've got a question. Now, investors should consider some you know, potential outcomes, including, uh, you know, our number is 212, which might become much more, uh, you know, conservative than expected for two for per share for 2023 because we're going to start looking to next year. Uh, now somebody asked me, you know, uh, what about Apple? Look, Apple is a great company. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not saying sell it or whatever. I'm just saying it's trading at 26, 27 times 2024's earnings. Now when it's when it did its great move up, it was trading at like between nine and 13 times earnings. Now, but it's a big part of the economy. It's a big part of the uh, market. I mean, and uh, and I'm not putting it down. I'm not saying buy it or not buy it. That's not the point. The point is you got to pick your spots. Okay, uh, there are some of the the you know the Fang stocks that look pretty good. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about was municipal municipal uh, bonds are starting to show some signs of life. And between the two and five year, actually two and seven year area, there's some great great values out there. I mean, some phenomenal values, and. They, they're, they're actually yielding 97% of the treasury. So if the treasury is at 3%, you're yielding 2.9, 2.85. That means on a taxable basis, you're like four, four and a half. You know, municipal bonds are pretty secure situations. So for you people out there, you know, there's, there's, we have a great list that we can send out if you'd like. Um, and you know, I, I keep talking uh, about the wealth plan, and I'm going to I'm going to beat this up because there is a hidden cost to aging. Okay, uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that can happen. You know, retirement re- realities. Uh, you know, care and housing options, considerations and housing decisions, that type of thing. So don't forget that. All right. Uh, remember, you can you, you go to WHK fourteen twenty. Go to local podcast. Down to Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage. While you're there, look at Insight, all right? The Insight path, constantly changing research and ideas for you. Also, the bulletin board is Rob Schleimer's stuff. We're going to talk about that in a second. There's some real good stuff there, so uh, don't forget that. And By the way, if you want to contact me, that's a great way. Uh, we can set up a time and, and sit down and talk. But look, the, the July CPI report came in at 0% increase. Now, it's still up 8.5%. <laughs> and Mr. Biden got that pretty wrong in a, in a press conference the other day. But, um, you know, it's starting to fall. Now, that's gasoline. Now, I don't think gasoline or oil is going to pick back up until the fall. Now, I am pretty bullish on natural gas. Uh, it's a great-looking chart. Uh, but the leading indicators of inflation, such as gasoline, trade, travel data, commodities, suggest hard data is way above real-time inflation right now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, look, we did break a 40-year a downtrend in in bond yields, okay? The 10-year bond yield. I don't think we're going back to the lows. You know, so you got to be, a, you know, 
yields are not going back down. That's my humble opinion. Uh, and we'll see what happens from there. Uh, remember, I told you, they broke a 13-year downtrend, and they were just about to pull back. And then Ukraine hit, and they went crazy on the upside. So now I think the pullback's going to be greater. So you just remember that part. All right. So, uh, look, if you look at some of the inflation uh, dashboard, shall we say, I was, I was reading up my friends at Fundstrat, and they were talking about Indeed.com shows job openings tanking. All right. Apple's no longer hiring people. Uh, there's been a, I, I mean, we've had 27 layoffs in the last two weeks. Uh, only dentists, pharmacists, and doctors are seeing openings. All right. Gasoline is down 20% last week. So that's kind of interesting. So we're starting to see the basic, you know, uh, scenario that, uh, hey, we're, we're starting to see some things come back down. Now, here's some things that I've seen, and, and, and this is important, I think. You know, equities are overbought short term. You know, and by the way, you can stay overbought and you can stay oversold for a, a pretty long time. All right. So don't jump ship or anything like that. I, I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. They're overbought, but they have broken. You know, I talked about the S&P that 42.31 was a key uh, resistance area. We're at 42.80 now, okay? And the same thing with the, the Dow and the, and, the, and the NASDAQ. So those are, that's important stuff, all right? When you break through key support, I mean, it's key resistance, it becomes support usually, okay? And I've also seen that the Russell 2000 did it. And remember, Lori Calvacina is talking about small caps, and you can get our small cap list. Uh, it's by the way, we just had another stock taken over in that list, uh, so they're 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 picking them off one by one. But there's some really good companies on that list, extremely good companies. So uh, the Russell is breaking out, and and the semiconductor index tried to break out and then pulled back. Now I would really like to see the Russell break above the 50-day moving average. Because uh, that's what's happened, uh, you know. You know, we're, we got the 50-day moving average looming ahead on all these indexes. So, if we were to break, uh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the 200-day moving average. My apologies. But if we break through that 200-day moving average, that could be very positive. Now, the other thing I've noticed, by the way, is uh, you know, there's the silver cross and the golden cross, and that's the you know, the the, the smaller or the lower numbers on the moving averages breaking off and the golden cross is the 50 day, the 200 day. And we're seeing the exact same thing that happened in 2020. It's reversing back up. It's reversing back up. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that. And the other thing is the 10 year yield index. Uh, you know, the, our view remains unchanged, but the dollar looks like it's broken down a little bit. Hey, let's take a break. Remember, it's 216-901-0945 if you want to uh, come in. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. My first ride-along was with Jamal. Even before I was hired, they wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward. And it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland and I just wasn't happy with the corporate style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign. That next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Why it works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct and consider it done at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Wallach-a-doodle. Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains strength. It's very simple. When we were in the White House, when America first prevailed, 
our enemies, doesn't matter who it is, Russia, North Korea, Iran, doesn't matter. They were afraid of us and our friends were treated like friends. All of that has been reversed. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before Jay Sekulow at 6 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. Welcome back. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I just got an email uh, from Chad, and Chad wanted to, uh, me to repeat what I said earlier. And uh, one of the things that you know I look at is the technical, uh, and uh, there's a thing called the Silver Cross, uh, and we had this, the Silver Cross turn up, and then we've also had the uh, what they call the Golden Cross, which is the 50 day above the 200 day, and we're very close to that right now. So the Silver Cross has happened. This is exactly what happened in 2020. By the way, we have Herman on the phone. Herman, how are you? Doing good, Tim. How are you? I can't complain. What's up? Okay. Uh, you were mentioning about uh, bonds, government bonds earlier. Uh, what are your uh, thoughts about bond. the I? Yes. What are your thoughts about I savings bonds? You know, they're they're a great deal. <laughs> you know, they. You know, just so everybody knows that what they do is they they mark these things up above inflation, and when inflation's seven seven eight percent, you know it's a great deal. Now, uh, there's been some questions as to you know do they mark them back down? If you buy those bonds at that time, you're you're locked in, so they're they're a good deal. Okay, so, would you recommend those for an emergency fund? If so, like what percentage of your fund would uh, you recommend? Well, you know, it depends how old you are. First of all, Herman, number one. Number two, it depends how, you know, are you a conservative person or aggressive person? And uh, if you're conservative, you know, look, municipal bonds are yielding 4% in some cases, you know, on a, on a taxable basis. That's a pretty good deal. And then you have the, the inflation uh, bonds, which are yielding, I mean, sometimes 8 9%. All right. So, yeah, the pre- presently 9.62. Yeah. So, uh, those are good deals. I mean, look, the stock market has only returned as average 10.4% over a 50-year period. So you've got the, you know, the lack of risk uh, in the bond. So, I mean, you know, if you're doing a 60-40 portfolio, you could make, you know, as much as you want of that 40 in those things. Now, uh, you know, the, uh, the question is, do you trust the U.S. government? And somebody asked me that the other day, and I said, well, I don't know. They're they're spending, you know, they I think they're outspending somebody like Paris Hilton at Nordstrom's, you know what I mean? Uh right at the mm-hmm. moment. So that's that's the only question I have. Uh you know, so but the, they're they're a good deal. I you know, I I've had this question about 10 times on the show, Herman, and every time I said they're a good deal. You know, there there's nothing you can do uh wrong there. If you're getting 9.6% on a taxable now, it'd be great if you could buy them in an IRA. I don't know if you can or not, but even on a taxable basis, you're still, depending on what your you know tax rate is, still a good deal. You know, All right, no thanks. doubt about it. All right. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for your uh, answer, Tim, and uh, you have a good day. You do the same. Anyway, like I said, the, the we have the Silver Cross and the Golden Cross turning over, uh, and that's, you know, that's some... Uh, that's good stuff, okay? Because that's, I mean, if we get this Golden Cross, we get, we just need a couple more up days and we'd have the Golden Cross too. So uh, I am seeing, a, you know, I I looked at some charts this week and there's a, there's a lot of small cap stocks that look really, really good. Uh, the problem is there's not a lot of research on them. So I have to, you know, I have to see if we follow them or not. The other thing is I'm seeing some of the semiconductors break out. And these are the ones that didn't go up before. Okay, so that's a real positive is what, you know, because what you're looking for is uh, new names uh, because some of the other names have to digest their gains for a while. Okay, um, and and that's that's something that, uh, you know, you got to be be uh, careful with. But, you know, look, uh, we have cyclical bear markets and we have secular bear markets. And what we've just gone through is a sec, I mean, a cyclical bear market. A secular bear market is what happened from 2000 to 2016. Uh, some people say 2013, 
the reason I say 16 is because uh, uh, most of that was dividend stocks, okay? Uh, so I, I have said on this show that I think we're in this secular bull market, and it may last. Uh, some people say it's only going to last till 2027. 20, uh, uh, I mean, I know people that say 2034. But we still got some time left. We still got f- at least four or five years left, uh, depending on how you look at things. And uh, I think we will continue to to go higher. Okay, so I'll just leave it at that. Now, um, I was looking um, at uh, well, Rob Schleimer was on this week, and Rob is our head technical analyst, and he's a very good one, by the way. And one of the things that he keeps pointing out, and I think this is important, is you know. First of all, we have this thing called the quadrant balance oscillator, and it's it's an oversold, overbought type of thing, and it isn't having it hasn't even reacted off the bottom, hardly at all. So, you know, if it got to a halfway mark, uh, we'd probably, you know, have a pretty good move. And the other thing is we talked about was the S and P five hundred being at the top end of its trend line back in December, right? We're now at the bottom end of the trend line. We were in June. So, and we also had the, the monthly momentum remained it's down and negative. It's probably not unlikely. It's probably unlikely to bottom and turn positive until you know maybe the beginning of next year, I guess, because it takes a while. Uh, this is on a monthly basis, okay? Uh, but if you look at the daily basis or the weekly basis, we're very oversold and turning up. And and so uh, you know you got to look at things in time frames and and even you know look. I mean, if you look at the daily. We're overbought. Okay, so this is a puzzle that we're trying to put together and and figure out where to go. So on a monthly and a weekly basis, we're still oversold. On a weekly basis, we're turning up. On a daily basis, we're a little bit overbought. So maybe we go sideways for a while. You know, one of the things that we haven't done, and this is something let's let's just talk about this. We've had all this volatility. We've whooshed down, okay, for a while there. I mean, you know, the Nasdaq just. I mean, they just took the bids away, you know, literally. I mean, it was very hard to sell stocks because you you didn't know what you're going to get, <laughs> all right, because they kept pulling the bids down because they had no buyers, all right? Because when the Fed starts talking about three-quarter point, three-quarter point, half point, who's going to buy stocks? You know, it's, it, it's a tough scenario. So we had this whoosh down, and then we rallied back up, and then we had another whoosh down, and we rallied back up, and then May came, and... We went down 10% in a week. So we had another wish down. So we've had all this volatility, and then we rallied back up. Maybe it's time for the market to take a pause. Maybe it's time for us to go sideways for a while. Who knows? But that would be, I mean, if we just pulled back a little bit or went sideways, uh, you know, if you look at the advanced decline line, it'd be a perfect head and shoulders for the advanced decline line on the S&P 500. Just a little pullback here. But the breadth and the participation is improving. That's what's important. The small caps that Lori Calvacina has been talking about, and I think Tom Lee's talked about it too, by the way, and they're two really good strategists, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know, so, you know, good things are starting to happen. When the advanced decline line is is, is in good shape like that, or it starts to break out, you'll want to pay closer attention. The problem is a lot of the names are smaller, so you really got to do your research. Look, people have been talking about the Russell, and the Russell came right down to support, major support, and turned back up. So it, it's, a, it's at the uptrend line. There's only been two times it's been below this uptrend line. That was in 2009, which everything was below their uptrend line back then, and then 2020, which once again, we had you know those cyclical bear markets, not secular. But one thing I like about small caps is the relative performance as compared to the S&P 500 has broken the downtrend line. Uh, That means it's starting to be a solid citizen again. So uh, that may be the area where you make the most money, also the area where you have the most risk. So don't forget that. But you know, if you look at the stocks, the S&P 500, the percentage of stocks above their 200-day and their 50-day, we've gone from basically 3% of the stocks above their 50-day moving average in June to above 50. Uh, the number of stocks above the 200-day mo- moving average is improving from very deeply oversold levels, but it's not anywhere close to overbought. Okay, so those are important things. Uh, the one thing I did notice is if I look at high beta, which is you know the the value stocks, 
They came right back to where they broke out from back in, in 2020 and 2021, and they turned up. So maybe it's time those value stocks will start to do better. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but it sure is an interesting-looking chart, in my humble opinion. All right. And if I look at cyclicals versus defensive sectors, the cyclicals came right back to their uptrend line and turned back up again. Isn't that kind of interesting? You know, so we got some things that are that are going the same. Now I'm going to repeat something a couple times here. For 40 years, the 10-year yield went down and down and down and down and down and down. It's broken that downtrend line. It's not going back after what believe me, after 40 years, it's not going back. You're not going to go back and see, you know, half a percentage point again. That's my humble unless there's a major, major recession. Uh, but I don't even think it's going to happen then. Because the cat's out of the bag. You know, you've had the Fed being very loose for a pretty long time. And now the U.S. government spending, you know, like I said, they're trying to outspend Paris Hilton at Nordstrom's. Okay. So it's, it's amazing what's going on here. Now, I did notice the dollar, and this may be due to the spending, has broken down. On a, this is on a daily chart. Okay. So that's, some, that's something to take, you know, put in the back of your head. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. If you, if you want to call in here, it's 216-901-0945. We're going to be right back with the bullish percent. Stay tuned. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. If you think dangerous blood clots can't happen to you, think again. Up to 900,000 men, women, and children are affected by blood clots each year, and about 100,000 die from them. Blood clots don't discriminate. You or a loved one could be at risk right now. The good news is blood clots can be prevented. Knowing the risks and symptoms are key. Major risks for blood clots include a family or personal history of blood clots, a recent hospitalization or surgery, pregnancy and cancer and its treatments. Symptoms of a blood clot in the legs or arms can include pain, swelling, and skin that is warm to the touch, red or discolored. Symptoms of blood clots in the lungs include difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath, or a cough, coughing up blood, and a faster-than-normal or irregular heartbeat. Speak with a doctor about your risk for blood clots and seek medical attention if you have any symptoms. On average, one person in the United States dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Don't let that be you or someone you know. Stop the clot. Spread the word. Learn more at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word. This radio station exists to fulfill your insatiable appetite for news and information. If it happens here or around the world and it matters to you, we'll be the first to tell you about it and what it means. But that's not all. Our sister station exists to give your life meaning and purpose through the teaching of the Holy Bible. AM 1420, The Answer, exists to tell you about the world. AM 1220, The Word, exists to change the world. Together, we can do it. Feeling groovy. (laughs) Goes back a long way. Anyway, uh, so now we talk about the bullish percent. And and look, this is just a risk indicator. And one of the reasons I like it is it's totally objective. Okay? It's just what the chart says. There's no interpretation of the charts, either positive or negative, whatever. What it looks at is the number of stocks that are on buy signals on a point-and-figure basis for sell signals. And when you have too many stocks on buy signals, that's when people are too optimistic. And when there's too many people on sell signals, or you go from buy signals to sell signals, you better pay attention because distribution in the market happens a lot faster than accumulation. So this chart goes from zero to 100. You get over 70 when 70% of the charts are positive. That's what happened back in March of 2021. We were at 81%. And you know, people said, hey, Tim, you don't have any ideas. And I had a lot of cash. Well, 
started. That's the way it works, okay? So if you use the system, you, you'll have cash at the top, all right? Or you'll start to uh, garner cash. Now, you, you might not have 100% cash or anything like that, but the point is you get a little bit more cautious. Then we get below 20 or, or 30, I'm sorry, where we were back in June is when you want to buy, okay? So uh, it's it's been a kind of a tough road because uh, some of my clients have been a little bit nervous, and I understand that. But, you know, the market distribution level is is a 16.9% overbought level. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting the CPI uh, data was, was taken kind of in a different mode, I guess. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it was very positive in that it's it looks like we're topping, okay? Now, I don't think it's going away, but I think it's topping, and that's the good thing. But, the, you know, the bullish percent this week came in at 50%. 57%, I'm sorry. So it was up almost seven again this week. So we've gone from 23 to 57 in a hurry. We've also, the number of companies that have gone from a sell signal on point and figure charts to a buy signal has gone from zero, I've gone from 30 to 70. So that's in the S&P 500, by the way. That usually means that the next 12 months will be pretty good. And remember, we're in bull confirmed status. That's the most bullish thing that can happen in the Dorsey Wright system. And the what I thought was interesting, the over-the-counter index was up 3.6% this week, and uh, then a, well, up till Thursday, and then Friday was up another 4%. So uh, we're starting to see some good things, and the world index finally went to a column of X's this week. So we have all the, all the places we look, large cap, small cap, and international, all looking fairly good. Now, internationally, you've got to be a little bit more careful, so we'll just leave it at that. The one thing, you know, I talked about the small caps and in dynamic asset level investing that our friends at Dorsey Wright who provide us with that. And, you know, these these guys are out of Virginia. I think the NASDAQ owns them now. Uh, but Tom Dorsey and Watson Wright were great guys. Uh, they they talked about the commodities being number one on that dynamic asset level investing. And all that is, is who's got the best relative strength. Next was cash. Third was domestic equities. Well, what's interesting is the small cap index, if I look at the IWM versus the daily commodity index, I've gone to a column of X's and they're very close to breaking a double top. So that small cap thing is starting to show up on the charts. So our small cap list is something you want to take a look at it. Now, there's more risk in small cap stocks. Just remember that, okay? I, I got to say that for the lawyers. Uh, the other thing was, you know, look, if you look at the the IWM, it's it's very close to a relative buy signal versus agricultural, two boxes away, precious metal, one box away. And so we're seeing the small caps now becoming maybe the area of speculation. Who knows? But uh, so that's, that's a big positive, I think. Um, you know, and if I look at the ETF, we've broken above resistance and we've broken the downtrend line uh and we broke the downtrend line never look back all right and then we broke resistance which is a big positive so hint hint our small cap list is very good okay there's been five companies acquired on that list in the last year so um there we go uh another well let's put it this way i, I think if you look at the monthly momentum for small cap stocks, and this is important, it has been, been, been for 15 months. That's a long time. It's one of the longest streaks of months, either positive or negative, that small caps have ever had. All right. So the fact that we turn positive is big, 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 big. All right. So if I look at dynamic asset level investing as far as groups, consumer non cyclical, is still there. That means the staples. Okay. Uh, energy is number two. So energy is pulled back a couple times, but they're not breaking. Actually, oil broke. Natural gas broke out. Well, broke the downtrend line anyway. Okay. So we're starting to see oil give it up a little bit and gasoline give it up a little bit where natural gas is starting to turn. So uh, natural gas looks really, really good. Utilities uh, are starting to look really, really good also. And and financials uh, look really really good. And then you know I talked about industrials. That's the you know the high beta versus the low beta. 
So they came right back to support and turned back up, all right? Now, technology has fallen way down, all right? It, it was the highest form of life <laughs> just six months ago. It's now right, you know, tag team with healthcare, which has been the lowest form of life for about seven years now. So uh, basic materials really got killed. So look, uh, consumer staples, I still overweight them. Uh, basic materials are weakening. I'd be careful. Uh, consumer discretionary, but still be careful. So there we go. Uh, so somebody asked me about internationals, and um, you know this is—it's kind of hard because uh, you know there's so much going on internationally. You know, is China going to invade Taiwan? You know, what's going to happen in Ukraine? Uh, you know, we have some heightened tensions. The U.S.-Taiwan relationship. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi went over there right during election. You know, she's an elective phase. And now the country's back behind him. I don't know. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just for politics. But if I look and and I look at uh, the TSM, which is the, you know, kind of the uh, the the um, tech. Well, TSM is the, uh, is the Taiwan Semiconductor. OK, so it's broken its downtrend line. So I don't know. Uh, maybe that's the positive. But and uh, I. People keep asking me about fixed income, and you know, uh, like Herman said earlier, uh, the the Treasury uh, CPI Treasury index bonds are great. Municipals are looking interesting, and I think one of the people things forget about is preferreds and convertibles that are you know preferreds that are convertible or convertible bonds. You know what they do is they give you a yield while you're waiting for your stock to go up. All right, so that that actually is the area where if I look at uh, you know on a relative strength basis, looks the best, okay? So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, look, I, I, you know, gold turned around this last week and uh, went to positive momentum. Uh, corn's been negative for 19 weeks, and, and oil's been negative for nine weeks. So that's a pretty long time, all right? Uh, you know, gold went right down to support, held, and reversed back up. So obviously people are still thinking commodities are going to do fairly well. Now, there, there is a long-term downtrend line or, or short-term downtrend line on the gold, continuous gold contract. Uh, and it, it's, it goes back, uh, you got to look at the long-term chart, but it does look at the long-term cup and handle formation, which uh, it's got to break, you know, at a certain point or uh, that may fall apart. But, uh, you know, gold has managed to gain traction against a variety of relative strength readings. So that's all you got to say, okay? And it'll be interesting, uh, it, it, as it relates to gold, uh, the correlation with crude oil is a very interesting chart. So, it, uh, you know, gold has got the upper hand versus crude oil right at the moment. So we'll see how long that lasts, all right? Now, uh, <laughs> people have been asking me, uh, you know, what what your your thoughts are. And I thought last week that we'd have a stall out, uh, you know, at 4,100, for, you know, 4,200. We didn't. All right, we broke through. That's a big positive. So um, it, it also looked like some of the tech stocks were fo uh, folding over, and they went crazy. And and then, you know, I talked about uh, the green-related stocks, and they have gone nuts, okay? So um, the Things are interesting right now, and and some of the commodities have held up, or some of the commodities like oil and gasoline have, have given some sell signals. So it'll be interesting to see where we go from here, um, as far as you know, what do we do now? <laughs> All right. So uh, the Treasury yield did reverse last Friday, big on the on the employment numbers. So we'll see what happens. And the other thing is the cybersecurity stocks. Last last week had a big breakout. Okay, and uh, I, I don't think I think they're breaking out big. Now uh, there was there was a company called Cloudfair that was up like fifteen sixteen bucks one day, uh, and I owned that on the first rise up, and I, I was going to buy it back, but I was a little nervous about the earnings. They blew them out. So I, I think you know they, they kind of led the way, and there'll be other companies following the way. The other group was the advertising uh, software companies. Uh, you know, on the cloud that uh, two or three of them had huge numbers. And so we'll see what goes, you know, from there. Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, 
I, I thought the NDX would stall out, and it didn't. So this is all positive. So the S&P broke above that 4234 number, and it's now at 4280. That's, that's positive. So now that, that should become the support. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, uh, you know, the financials were leading the way. So I should have known, like, you know, when the financials lead the way, that's the best kind of a bull market. Okay. And then, and then they bring the technicals, you know, the technology stocks and the industrials with them. That's a great way. Hey, let's take a back, uh, break right here. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. And we're going to come right back with the insider buys. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go? While you see it your way. Run the risk of knowing that I Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. Business news. You can read about it tomorrow or hear about it today as it happens on the new WHK Business Radio 1420. WHK has it all, covering the local, national, and international business world like no one else. We're Cleveland's business news radio station. Make WHK part of your business day. AM 1420, the answer. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Flot Line with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420, the answer. The Flot Line describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Flot Line with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com, in, and odyssey.com. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. And uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And uh, what we talk about now is... is uh, uh, insiders, and because you know, in, insiders tend to be pretty smart people, uh, knowing that they, uh, you know, they know, know the company better than we do. Okay, and when they buy, you got to pay pretty close attention. Now, uh, I did notice a couple of very large insider buys, and remember, last week we had Jeff Ubin, uh, and Jeff is a very smart guy, and he bought oh, like ninety million dollars worth of Exxon. Okay, and now I have uh, a, another. Uh, oil stock and it's energy transfers and uh, one of the directors bought 17.4 million dollars worth of stock and also uh, a guy named Yeager who's a very smart guy uh, he bought HUBG and that is a a transporter of <laughs> uh, energy stocks okay so uh, he, you know some of these guys know what they're doing so uh they're buying big so it looks like to me that uh we're, we're not going to have a big uh, problem with with oil <laughs> or we're going to have a big problem with oil but i don't think it's going down much uh and then we had uh, a, uh i'm sorry uh dave yeager is the ceo of uh of hub uh group and also tidewater which is the oil and gas this thing's been get beaten up pretty bad it was 28 dollars now uh, uh it's now twenty twenty dollars and fifty eight cents, and he stepped up and bought ten million dollars uh, uh, worth it. And this is a director, Bob Rabati. And you know what? This is uh, weird, but uh, you know Ben Franklin Resources uh, and the Templeton Global Income Fund. They just the company keeps buying back more and more of their stock. So I, I don't know where they're coming from, but uh, we'll see what happens. And then we have uh, Conifer Holdings, which is a little $2 stock for all you guys like to gamble. Uh, and then the director bought a uh, a ton of stock, like, you know, it, it's like 1.5 million shares. It's only $3 million because it's a $2 stock. You know, I forgot to mention that uh, on Hub, 
Phil Yeager, uh, also, uh, David Yeager is the CEO and Phil Yeager, his brother also bought like $3 million with the stock. So I apologize. Matter of fact, I, you know, last week I didn't report this, but Dave Yeager bought $1.6 million with the stock. So there's something going on with hub group, obviously. And, you know, basically they're in freight and logistics and I've seen a lot of these companies look pretty good on the chart. So maybe that's what we're seeing. And then Parsons uh, Corporation, which is industrial machinery, uh, we had George Bell, who's the chief financial officer. I love when I love when the CFO buys the guys that know the numbers. Uh, he bought, uh, and I don't know anything about this company. I was looking into it this morning. Uh, he bought two point nine million dollars worth of stock too. So uh, we're seeing um, some interesting stuff go on, and you know, some people are. Uh, you know, questioning, you know, the, are the insiders smart or <laughs> are they crazy? And uh, Civitas, another oil company where we have uh, the, the CEO uh, who bought $2 million worth. So you know, we've had quite a few names here uh, that we've bought. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's important because they're, they're all, you know, remember biotechs, they're buying like crazy. Biotechs made a big move. They're kind of pausing right now. Uh, I got I kind of screwed up in one of those, <laughs> so I apologize. I bought one that I I, I was a little early on, um, but I think the the key is is that these guys when they buy in groups, okay, you're in the right group. So here we got the guys buying oil stocks, and uh, you know, uh, so we had the bios. Now the bios pulled back a little bit. So what I would recommend is that you call Tim. And uh, set up a time and maybe do a wealth plan with them. And also, we got small cap stocks and we got the global healthcare conference. A lot of healthcare stocks are really, really cheap. And you know this uh, inflation, inflation uh, uh, piece that they, the the uh, Congress just put through. Uh, it it does allow Medicare to to do negotiations on about ten drugs. Okay. But it's far worse. It's far less worse than people anticipated. So it'll be kind of interesting. But the healthcare stocks and also the small caps are are places I think you want to go. But remember, and and I mentioned this because I think it's very very important. I think we're in a long term secular bull market. Now we've just gone through a cyclical bear market. They happened. 1987 happened in one of the worst, uh, one of the biggest bull markets in history. And if he would have dumped at that point, he would have been in trouble. So I would, you know, if we do have a pullback, I would pay it close attention. Remember that the last, there's only been two secular bull markets in modern history. And I'm going back to, to the 20s. And the average move up on the S&P 500 was 2,300%. If we just go to 2,000, we're looking at thirteen thousand five hundred to fourteen thousand on the on the S and P five hundred. Folks, you'll make a lot of money in those in those times, and there are drawdowns. You know, bull markets don't go straight up; bear markets don't go straight down. It's that simple. So, uh, but we're part of the, it's part of that four year cycle, which we bottomed in March of twenty twenty, and we'll probably get going again in a big way in twenty twenty four. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make money between now and then. It's just you got to be a little bit more picky, okay? So, look, uh, I, 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 one of the things we look at is the four-month versus the 13-month moving averages on our stocks. And the, when the four-month gets too high, you know, if the four-month is above the 13-month, we're talking about that's a bull market. And when it gets too high above, it's going to come back down. Remember, regression analysis is the most powerful tool in the universe, okay? Trust me, regression to the mean is going to happen every time. When you think something's too high, it's probably too high, or it's it's going to come back. All right. So right now, that's what I was trying to say with Apple. Okay, I'm not saying Apple's a bad stock or you should sell it. I'm just saying let it sit for a while. Okay, let us see what happens. Wait for stocks to come back to you. Don't go chasing things. That's uh, that's not a good idea. Remember, we were at the top end of the trend line back. In November of last year, we're now at the we now hit the bottom end and we started to turn back up. 
That's what bull markets do. The problem with this bull market is between the top trend line and the bottom trend line, it's about 22, 24%. So, you know, they, they seem a little bit more drastic. And, and, you know, the NASDAQ composite did overshoot for a while. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if the growth stocks, you know, are still the place to be or they're just bouncing and they need to go sideways for a while. Okay. Uh, I keep getting questions about the emerging markets and foreign markets. The relative strength still hasn't broken the downtrend line against the S&P 500. And so I, I don't think you have to be real heavily involved in there. And just to make, I'll make this point again, and then we'll go back to what we're talking about. The 10 year yield index has broken its downtrend line. I don't think it's going back under there for a while. The dollar has broken its downtrend line, with, and that's 40 years, by the way, on the 10-year Treasury. It's 30, 36 years on the dollar. I don't think it's coming back down, meaning I think interest rates are going to stay higher for longer. So you know, those days of 0.31% on the 10-year Treasury, I don't I'm coming back for a while, okay? Uh, simple. Uh, so, by the way, I don't know if the, the dollar on a short-term basis should pull back a little bit. I don't think it's... Uh, it's going back to, you know, where it was, all right? And the commodity index is right, you know, it, it popped and it hit resistance and now it's going to pull back for a while, but I don't think the commodity index is coming back either. So I say that so everybody knows, you know, I thought it was interesting. The copper index just came right back to support. So what would I do now? Well, the first thing is I keep talking about wealth plans. You know, if you don't have a plan, good luck. <laughs> it's that simple. Good luck. And what this wealth plan allows you to do is there's a thing called playground, which means you can say, hey, what ifs? Make sure you add your expenses. I've had two people at, not add expenses, and I don't think the plan's going to work for them. So uh, we've done six of these so far for people who are not clients of mine. And, uh, you know, I'm set with four of the people, I'm setting up uh, appointments so we can just talk about their situation, talk about, you know, how. Are they going to make it and that type of thing? So uh, it's a great way to sit down and and just make a plan and then do what ifs. I mean, the one guy, I mean, he's going crazy with the what ifs. <laughs> you know, I, I, I sent him the, you know, the long term predictions on some of the markets. And he said, you know, I could be. And I said, yes, you could be. But, the, you know, you, you've got the plan now. So we're, I think we're going to implement it this week. We'll see what happens. Now, the next thing I'd look at is the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list and the small cap and the healthcare stocks. Healthcare is improving slowly but surely. It's very slowly, but it's surely. That's the good news. Uh, but the small caps, they're starting to come. And they, they, they may, you know, like I said, they broke out on a relative basis versus the S&P 500s. And if you'd like to have a conversation with me, give me a call or go to WHK. 1420's webpage, go to local podcast, down to the Smart Investor Show. You can go right to my webpage from there, and there's all sorts of contact me and email me. Don't forget, we got a newsletter on the front page under Bulletin Board, and we have Rob Schleimer's Trend and Cycle Work, and then under Insights, constantly changing research, constantly. And it's not just stock research. It's stuff you've got to know on finances, okay? So it's good stuff. In the meantime, have a great weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful. I'm going to, to Blossom tonight. Uh, it's Rachmaninoff. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Uh, the Cleveland Orchestra should not be exported. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Tim Hayes, Smart Investor Show. Buy low, sell high. to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.